Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Shira's not feeling well. <laughs> and I'm very nervous about it because we're in the studio. Oh, no. And I listen. am freaking out. Every time she tells no. me she has a sniffle, and I know this is relatable. I'm actually feeling better. It just, I feel like she I... She keeps saying that, but then since, she's like, I'm not feeling good. No, ever since I basically got back from Mexico, I've been feeling like chronically tired and somewhat sick. Oh That's what it feels like. But oh it's been no. two weeks at this point. Um, yeah, so... Two weeks? I yeah. It's just dormant inside of you. <laughs> just living. Just living inside of <laughs> you. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. <laughs> but you know what? I have energy for this show, and I'm ready to go. I don't believe it. No, I do. She keeps saying she feels good one second, and the next minute she's like, I'm just not feeling good. And she says it like slyly, like like just in conversation, like and makes it seem like we're not paying attention to the fact that she keeps saying you she's know what? not feeling well. I think well. like somewhat that's life. I mean, I talk to all my friends with kids. And they're like, yeah, welcome to having a child, which I don't have a child. You don't have kids. But then I, like, I just texted with my other friend, Desiree, and I said... I'm still tired. She goes, girl, I'm chronically tired. So I know I'm not alone. Well, we did. If you were listening to the show yesterday, we did do a segment about if you think too hard. I'm thinking too hard. Yeah, maybe you're just <laughs> thinking too hard. And did- I did feel better that I got more sleep last night. Okay. So just, that's good. Although, you know, my. If she gets me sick. My, no, it's it's that like something, if there's she something gets going on. me sick. Because even I do sleep more than my boyfriend. I just feel like ever, I mean, there's more and more people back in the office here. But, like, I just want everyone to leave again. Just leave. Yeah, like, I just feel like I'm too, I'm now just really worried about the possibility of getting sick. I mean, it should be like, you should be worried about it from the office to going out to your dinner. Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. We so sat outside last night when I went to dinner. Even you could get it outside, possibly. Well, duh. Long, if someone's breathing on you. Anyway, that said, it's all good. Let's <laughs> let's stay positive. This is what type of show it's going to be today. I hope you're ready. We're talking hope about you're locked in the trend of vasectomies among younger people at 3:35 p.m. Pacific, 6:35 p.m. Eastern. I'm really also excited about in the 4 p.m. hour. We're talking about 
not just love languages, but work love languages. Oh. You better get, start writing these down, Ryan, for me. The work love language. If we don't have it by now, I don't think we'll ever get it. <laughs> but in 30 minutes, the Inflation Reduction Act is here. How it will impact all of us. Stick around for that. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. The Justice Department said it opposes the release of an FBI affidavit used to justify the search of Trump's Florida residence last week, but added that it's willing to release less descriptive documents. Trump and many other Republicans called for the release of the document. And here's Lindsey Graham speaking to Fox News. Show you cards. Uh, Merrick Garland can't have it both ways. He can't give us the inventory, the warrant, without telling us why it was necessary to raid the former president's home and there was uh, no less intrusive method available. The affidavit should help us a lot understand what happened here. And without the affidavit, we're, we're flying blind in the dark and the American people are going through too much pain, too much heartache on this endless effort to destroy Donald Trump. It's time for the Department of Justice. They have no more benefit of the doubt, in my view to turn over the affidavit so all of us can look at it. So firstly, uh, America's going through a lot of pain, uh, not because of Trump. No, not because of this. I don't think this is top of mind for what's causing pain and suffering in this country, to be honest. Go get to know your constituents. Get to know the the country and what people are actually dealing with. Secondly, Garland did say why they went in. And them asking for this after David is the same thing as, you know, why they went in for this raid because they didn't trust Trump either. So no one trusts each other. Let's just be real here. And everyone's going to do what they got to do to get the information. We shouldn't be surprised about that. Now, uh, First Lady Dr. Jill Biden has tested positive for COVID-19 while in South Carolina. She's experiencing mild symptoms and has been prescribed the antiviral Paxlovid. Biden has tested negative and returned to D.C. in time to sign the Inflation Reduction Act. Speaking of which, yes, he signed that sweeping $750 billion health care tax and climate bill into law at the White House today. It's marking a major victory for his administration and the Democratic Party ahead of the midterm elections. The Inflation Reduction Act does so many things that for so many years, so many of us have fought to make happen. And let's be clear, in this historic moment, Democrats sided with the American people and every single Republican in the Congress sided with the special interest in this vote. Every single one. In fact, the big Trump companies, big drug companies spent nearly $100 million to defeat this bill. A hundred million dollars. And remember, every single Republican in Congress voted against this bill. All right. Well, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Woo! I hope you're sitting down because Ezra Miller has finally spoken out after causing so much chaos. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So, uh, wow, Ezra. Ezra Miller has released a statement uh, from their rep, um, basically saying that they are seeking treatment for, quote, complex mental health issues amid multiple legal scandals. In this statement, um, uh, Miller apologized for their behavior in recent years that has led to arrests stemming from abuse and assault allegations. They said, quote, having recently gone through a time of intense crisis, I now understand that I'm suffering complex mental health issues and have been ongoing treatment. I've been begun ongoing treatment. He said, I want to apologize to everyone 
that I have alarmed and upset for my past behavior. I'm committed to doing the necessary work to get back to a healthy, safe, and productive stage in my life. End quote. Well, Don't we believe all it. hope that. Don't believe it's it. It's caused enough disruption. Sounds like their rep wrote this because Warner um, Warner um, Broner, uh, Brothers is probably like, if somebody don't say something, they're getting the X. And so I don't know if these are Ezra's actual words, um, but the rep really wrote a nice uh, statement. I'll say that. Um, that is true. We'll see I don't know. What happens? I'm a that. little sketched out about it. Yeah. But I really do hope that Ezra's, are there at least... If Ezra's not actually actively getting treatment, I hope they are actively trying to talk them into getting treatment because that is what's necessary and that's what needed. Um, because there's a lot. I mean, I don't know if you realize, but there have been scandals about Ezra doing um, having a cult nope. with um, you know kids, you Seems know, like grooming just, a teenager, a there. you know, some... assaulting folks. There's been a lot going on this year at the start since the start of the year, and I think you know Ezra doesn't need to be going through this. It's really uh, sad. Yeah, we hope he, they get help. Yeah, that's your tea report, though. We'll have more coming up next hour, and it's all about Alec Baldwin. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he's he's back, I guess. Yeah, the FBI is proving that he's been lying. Whoa, okay. More on that. Uh, next up, what we're learning about Trump's team and why they were secretly trying to access voting systems. I still don't know why this sounds normal to anyone. <laughs> that's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, we got some more Trump drama every day. New What's things new? Out. According to emails and other records obtained by the Washington Post, it seems like computer experts directed by Trump's lawyers copied sensitive data from voting machines in Georgia. Uh, John Swain joins us right now, an investigative reporter at the Washington Post. Thanks for being here. Thanks. Well, uh, this is a lot. Is this security breach even legal? So that's a good question. Um, in some of the states where Trump lawyers have gotten access to these voting machines, uh, they have been given court orders to make it legal, essentially. Mm. But in Georgia, this uh, new case that we reported on, it seems far more murky. Uh, these people were basically allowed into the county offices in a place called Coffee County, Georgia, because the local elections official there was a Trump supporter who believed the president that the election had been stolen. And so the Secretary of State is investigating. You know, in other states, there have been criminal investigations launched into this kind of thing. So um, it's definitely risking illegal activity to do this kind of thing. I mean, yeah, it, it feels like the lie that Trump and the you know Trump allies that were pushing that this this was like a rigged election or, you know, it was something amok. It feels like that it was happening all on his side. He was trying to figure out this data. So I guess with that being said, does this really bring up any flaws in the kind of voting system as a whole that this is even allowed or a possibility that can happen? And how should we change that? Yeah, well, so the, the issue here is that these machines uh, are tightly guarded usually you know people have to have credentials they have to be the local elected official to have access to these machines and if people interfere in them if they open them up and copy files or you know potentially replace files things like that it definitely opens up the possibility that these machines have been compromised and so the, the problem is that these people claiming to be investigating 
election irregularities may be causing irregularities themselves. They're kind of jeopardizing the security of these machines. And so I think what's happening as more of these cases get noticed is that states and counties are going to have to be bringing in stricter controls on who can access various rooms, who is allowed to touch these machines. And uh, I think, you know, now that there's an awareness that this is going on, perhaps it'll inspire some improvements. Yeah, definitely. So let's just give some context as to the investigation that's happening in Georgia and how this could impact that. Yeah, well, so the interesting thing here is the story we wrote is only possible thanks to a civil lawsuit that some voters brought. So they filed a lawsuit that people who are worried about election security and they got these records by a subpoena. And they say that the Georgia authorities have not been investigating aggressively enough. They found these records themselves. The Georgia Secretary of State had looked into this apparent breach and said he couldn't see any evidence. And so, you know, there are definitely criticisms being made of the way the Georgia authorities have been handling this. And and maybe the news coming out publicly will sort of focus some minds there and uh, make the investigation there perhaps more serious. And, And, you know, they have the ability to refer any potential criminal charges to state prosecutors. So it's possible that the investigation will go that way. Here's the thing, though. I feel like they're going to say, oh, they want to silence us. We needed to do this. Like they're pulling their own Watergate. <laughs> right. Like, how do we get this narrative under control so that it's clear what needs to be done to protect everyone? You're right. So that is what some of these people say. And some of the supporters of President Trump say that, you know, we're just trying to inspect them and make sure that everything's right. But the trouble is, in, in several cases around the country now, Data that was copied and server information that was copied has been leaked online. There have been, you know, downloadable leaks of this information. And the thing is, you know, these machines, they potentially do have vulnerabilities if people know exactly how they work and exactly how the code is set up and things like that. And so making all that public when typically it's kind of confidential is a potential security risk. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. We'll be following more of this as it continues. That was John Swain, investigative reporter at The Washington Post. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Thanks. All right. Well, let's move on because Biden just signed the Inflation Reduction Act. But how will it actually really affect prices? That's coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. President Biden signed the Inflation Act today, saying it's the biggest step forward on climate ever and will ultimately help our bank accounts, too. Well, joining us to speak about how quickly this will impact prices is Forbes and Fox News contributor Richard Fowler. Thank you for being with us. It's good to be with both of you. How are y'all? So good. It's been a minute since we've had you on the show. And I think what's really interesting here, because we've seen the administration take aggressive steps to get inflation under control. But is it really realistic to believe that the everyday prices will also quickly go down as well? Well, there's a couple things here. Number one, there's no White House that can actually control inflation. Inflation is something that's happening here in the United States, but it's also important for your audience to remember that it's happening all around the world as well. Um, And one of the reasons why it's happening, um, which is important to how we get it down, is it's happening because we live through a global pandemic. And during that global pandemic, the entire economy turned off its light switches. But we as consumers continue to buy things 
right? We were on Amazon, we were on Fashion Nova, we were on H&M, and we were making all these purchases. And when these factories turned their lights back on, they had to produce all these things, and they had a backlog of products. And not to mention the fact that you had the Chinese zero-COVID policy, which caused some of the, the world's largest ports to shut down. You, had, you have a war in Ukraine and Russia, uh, and all of these things. I'm not, I'm not saying this to make the blame game. I'm saying this for folks to understand that inflation is a very complicated formula that gets us to where we are now with high prices. Totally. Just now, to blame it on Biden, is, it's not that simple. <laughs> No, it's it's not that simple. That's it's a very mi- it's a very simplistic way to look at a very complicated problem. Um, but here's what here's the good news. The good news is is that the price of gas has gone down for the past fifty seven days. The average price of gas is now under three dollars. When about four or five weeks ago, the average price of gas was above five dollars. And the reason why this is so important is because fuel is the number one input to a lot of goods and services. Think about it. When you go to the store and you want to buy your spin drifts or your LaCroix, your LaCroix have to get to the store. Most of the time, for your LaCroix to get to the store, they have to put in a truck. Those trucks need fuel. And so the fact that you see gas prices go down is a good indication that over the next couple of months, we will slowly start to see the price of goods begin to decrease. Now, where we're going to see prices stay the same for some time is we're going to see the price of housing remain the same. And the reason for that is because we have a supply chain problem, like I just pointed out, and that supply chain has a lagging effect on housing. Because if you have a shortage of, let's say, toilets, right? Once Mm. you get the toilet, it takes time to put the toilet in. Mm. And there might be other products that you need to build a house. So it might be a six- or seven-month window when you get the product before somebody can occupy that particular house or that particular apartment, which is why you see a spike in the cost of rent. So I think rent's going to remain high for quite some time. But I think over the next couple months, unless we see, you know, we're in hurricane season, so the potential of a hurricane in the Gulf of Mexico, which could slow down the price, which caused the price of fuel to spike again, the good news is we're probably going to see prices slowly but surely Uh tick down. I mean, I think that as the good old, as my grandmother would say, Time heals all wounds. And when it comes to inflation, time hopefully will begin to heal the wounds of inflation. And they're also being helped by the fact the Federal Reserve has made, and they're sort of the the government entity that's responsible for money supply, which is inflation. This is like, the fact that they, you know, the, uh, we had both the weather report and the inflation report with <laughs> no, you, Richard. This well, is amazing. Because I, I don't feel like we've ever seen Richard nerd out so no, much. No, I was topic. like, oh my God, Richard. It's like, wow, no, it's, I, it's amazing. <laughs> okay, right. I try my best. So what I was going to say, but people, it seems like people were pleasantly surprised today saying that we had a soft landing. Uh, which is which is great. I mean, it's a good feeling considering the doom and gloom that's been happening. But I can't see. I mean, like the, the prices. Like, do you think people are going to play it safe because they're going to be worried? It's still like a bit unstable. Recession. So, well, a couple things here. Uh, I won't use the R word right away, but I also won't say that this is the soft landing. I I would say that I think we're a little we're a couple months away from what would be a soft landing. Um. And I think we're going to have to wait to see a couple more things. We have two. We have one more report. So how this? I feel like I feel like I'm the explainer in chief today. So how we, we determine like how? 
I'll try my best. I'll do it quickly. So how inflation is determined is the Labor Department uses the formula. I'll, I can explain to you the formula, but I don't have time for that. Um, there's one more report that comes out before the Federal Reserve will meet again. Um, and so we'll have that report says, if that report shows another downtick, then I think you might see the Fed not raise rates as much as they're currently raising them, which will be a good sign that we're much closer to a soft landing. We might avoid a recession. But, I mean, but don't get me wrong. I think there could still be some pain in the market. You're going to see some pain at the pump. Yeah. You're going to see some pain at the grocery stores. But it's it's moving in the right Good. direction. So I don't I, want to tell anybody it's feeling better because they're not feeling it in the wrong. As long as yet. stocks are up, then people won't be freezing the hiring. Like it, it makes me feel good about that. Well, and that's what so, I was. Yeah. That's what I was like. Three top things we should be looking for while we're watching this. Three top things, super quickly. The three top things you should be looking for is you should be watching the price of fuel, and you should also be watching the price of basic things: eggs, milk, cheese, chicken. Beautiful. All right. So if you're a vegan, don't worry. <laughs> right. Richard Fowler, thank you so much for joining us. We really, really appreciate you for breaking all this down. Uh, Richard Fowler, once again, is a Forbes and Fox News contributor and, of course, economics expert. Thanks for being here. Good to be with you, bro. Next up, we're going to be telling you more about Hinge's new LGBTQ dating guide and what questions it does answer next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The dating app Hinge has a new guide of not-so-frequently-asked questions, an FAQ. I didn't even know what that was, but cool. (laughs) 
I'm, I'm so gonna be using that now. Honored to be around you every time you learn something new. And FAQ. All right, so uh, this includes just, yeah, questions that people might feel uncomfortable asking on the app, but they're providing some answers for folks, which I think that is actually uh, very much needed. I guess, like, for both of you, are you on Hinge? Do you feel like it? this is needed? Producer Shelby? I am not on Hinge. Uh, I haven't been on a dating app, but I do think this is needed because even if it's not on an app, even if it's someone you meet IRL, if you know what that means, Shira. Uh, <laughs> I do, okay. That's an old one for me. Um, then you might need to know how to handle these things. Like some people who aren't as familiar with people with, uh, like, for example, using they, them pronouns, like they might not know, not know what to do in a situation where you accidentally use the wrong pronouns and then you need to correct it. Or um, you don't know if someone has like two different pronouns, how to yeah. use that. So then asking those, because doing that while flirting can be a little messy sometimes. Um because you, of course, want to flatter the person and you don't want to make them feel bad at all. So, yeah, I think this is good. Uh, when I was on Hinge, it's well, at least from. Well, you wouldn't be on LGBTQ plus side. Not that. But yeah, mm-hmm. but I could see how there could be folks that don't necessarily understand or know these things or around these things. So it's needed no matter who you're connecting with. Like they have things like I'm a demisexual. What's the best way to see um, set expectations to um, I'm hesitant to be someone's first queer experience. Is that fair to I matched with my friend's ex? What do I do? (laughs) Stuff Mm, like that. Yeah. How do I recover from accidentally, as you mentioned, misgendering while trying to flirt? I mean, I think this is uh, one of the good things. Like some of these dating apps can be problematic and not do the right things. But I think this is uh, a good guide. Well, yeah, Hinge has always kind of been a leader in making sure that their app was, like, inclusive. I mean, back in January, they worked with GLAAD to release new conversation starters mm. that let, you know, the folks using it express their personality and, um, and interest. Uh, my only thing about Hinge that's kind of like a, a negative is, yeah. like, they have in, like, you can literally pick, like, ethnicity that you look for. And oh, you can, ooh. like, have, like, a hard cut off of being, like, you don't want to see anyone else. Just a little racist. Yeah, that's weird. Um, but that's like my only thing. I don't really use Hinge as much because, like, I feel like they always get it wrong. The AI system always gets it wrong when they're like, "You're most compatible," and it's like, "Am I most compatible with you know this person?" I doubt it. Hey, maybe it's trying to give you some like ex- new preferences, expand your horizons. No, <laughs> I'm not a fan. How does it work? Of any of them? Do they look at like the data you input and like compare? It to I other think it's based or? off of. I think to be honest, I think it's based off of, like your compatibility, just based off like what you say in your. Which I kind of like. Maybe stuff. it's just like yeah, that's how you no, should. No, they got to start off being cute first. Not, <laughs> no, you know, of and if they're not cute, then we're not compatible. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, coming up on the show, we've got updates on the availability of more monkeypox vaccines. That and more on what's trending this hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, we're back. Instagram for more music right here on Channel Q. Coming up on the show, we're talking about vasectomies. More and more people are getting them, specifically younger people. So more on that in 30 minutes. Plus, Alec Baldwin is sharing more about that moment on set he will never forget. Neither will all of us in a new podcast. Ryan's got that in the T-Report in a moment. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. Voters cast ballots in primary elections in Alaska and Wyoming today. 19 candidates are on the ballot for the U.S. Senate seat in Alaska, including incumbent Republican Senator Lisa Murkowski. 
Alaska voters also decide on candidates to fill the U.S. House seat left vacant by late Representative Don Young, who died in March 2022. Meanwhile, in Wyoming, incumbent Republican Representative Liz Cheney is uh, facing off against Trump-backed Harriet Hageman. I don't know if that's how you pronounce her name, but she's supposedly really not good. Not good news. And others in the race for the state's only U.S. House seat. And here's Adam Kinsinger on Liz Cheney. We are standing up against evil. Liz Cheney is standing up against evil. And I say this, you know, I, I put out this message the other day, which is a lot of people sit around and they, they dream about the day they get to do it. And very few people ever get that chance to really stand up against evil. And as we've seen in Congress, many that do get that chance don't. Um, she has fought a valiant fight. Her fight is not over regardless of what happens on Tuesday. And uh, I think it says a lot about the party if she loses. I think it says a lot about the party that we're quick to say defund the FBI and support a guy like Donald Trump. Yeah, and actually there's articles talking about how some Democrats are even jumping on board to vote for Liz Cheney so she could win against this other Republican politician, which is wild, right? You know it's bad when Democrats are voting for a Republican. I mean, you know, you got to do something. Right? The, the lesser evil. Yeah. And moving on to the National Republican Senatorial Committee, who is canceling millions of dollars of ad spending, sending GOP campaigns and operatives into a panic. And they're trying to figure out the committee's initial spending plan. The cuts totaling $13.5 million since August 1st come as Republicans' Senate campaign committee is being forced to stretch every dollar we can. Wonder why that's happening. You know, they're not wanting to spend the money, put their money where their mouth is. What's going on? This is really fascinating, actually. We should talk more about this in a future story. Finally, here's some good news. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services announced that it is making up to 442,000 doses of the Genios vaccine available for states and local jurisdiction to order under an accelerated plan to combat the current monkeypox outbreak. HHS noted that it has worked to increase the availability of monkeypox tests nationwide by partnering with five commercial labs. Since the start of the current outbreak, testing capacity has increased to 80,000 per week, up from 6,000 per week. So that's some good news. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so Alec Baldwin is speaking out about the death of rust cinematographer Helene Hutchins, claiming only those who were on set that day are the ones who, quote, knew exactly what happened. It's time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. You know, F- the FBI has been obviously doing this investigation. There have been some things that are saying, you know, Alec did pull that trigger, even though he's insisting that he did not. Well, Alec, um, uh, he was on the Chris Cuomo project for an interview that aired today. And basically he said, After noting that people are waiting on a district attorney's report, quote, I know that every single person on the set of the film knows what happened. Here is a little bit of what he had to say from the interview. You're familiar with what fanning a gun is. Have you heard of that phrase, fanning a gun? Yes, but explain So if you pull the hammer back and you don't lock the hammer, if you pull the hammer back pretty far, in old Western movies, you'd see someone fan the hammer of the gun. The hammer didn't lock. You pulled it back to an extent where it would fire the bullet without you pulling the trigger, without you locking the hammer. The man who's the principal safety officer on the set of the film declared that the gun was safe when he handed it to me. This is a cold gun. Now, why did he say that? If he didn't know, if he hadn't checked, 
the point is all of us were told that everything was cool and you can relax and we're working with a gun that's safe to rehearse. Now, according hmm. to an FBI forensic report obtained by ABC News on Friday, the revolver at the center of this case, uh, when intact and functional, could not be made to fire without a pull of the trigger unless the hammer was decocked on a loaded chamber and the hammer was struck directly. And so apparently um, the attorney for Baldwin said in a statement to ABC News that the FBI report is, quote, being misconstrued. The gun fired in testing only um, the gun fired in testing only one time without having to pull the trigger when the hammer was pulled back and the gun broke in two different places. The FBI was unable to fire the gun in any prior test, even when pulling the trigger, because it was in such poor condition. So it feels like we're still getting Alex story versus the FBI story and what the facts are saying. And so, you know, this isn't going anywhere anytime soon. It's actually really mm. sad. Baldwin insisted that Hutchinson's death is the real tragedy, not his own reputation. He says, I'm not the victim here. Things for me are going to get better. Things for me are going to get cleared up. I'm a thousand percent confident about that. Oh, I, know. I mean, how do you even go on air on a podcast talking about this after he, it happens? But like at the same time, he needs to yeah. because we were going to ask about it, but. It's like very traumatic. Yeah, that's your tea report, though. We got more coming up next hour, so stick around for that. Well, next up on the show, polio is resurfacing in London and New York. Why this is happening and how it could possibly impact you next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, health officials are reporting polio, uh, including a case of polio in a New York suburb that happened in July, the first detected in the U.S. in nearly a decade. Then they also detected polio in county wastewater samples. This, along with evidence of polio virus and sewage samples in London, are bringing up a lot of concern. Yeah, the world's ending. Yeah. Among many other things. Here to share more is Dr. Peter Chin Hong, professor of medicine and infectious disease specialist at the UCSF School of Medicine. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure, Shira. Hi, Ryan. Hi. Hey, so, you know, I get uh, a human reported with polio. That could be concerning. Why is the detection, though, in sewage or wastewater important to note? It's important to know, Shira, because it suggests that the disease is not or infection is not confined to just one individual uh it's confined to a broad swath of the population and now that we have it in at least four distinct geographic locations one in rockland one in orange and that's the new york orange county um actually two in orange county and then one in new york city suggests that a lot of people in different areas have interacted with the virus and are shedding it in the system but they not might not be seeing symptoms though yeah, because it's kind of interesting with polio uh, and not well known. I mean, we think about Franklin Delano Roosevelt and in wheelchair, but about 90 percent of people can be infected and absolutely have no symptoms, yet they can transmit disease. Yeah, but I, I guess um, I know there is a vaccine that you have to take when you're like entering into school systems, right? Like if you get vaccinated, you, are you still covered or will you have to update and get another vaccine? No, um, you don't have to typically get a booster or anything later in life. And you're right, Ryan. Uh, most kindergartens uh, require uh, polio vaccines to get in, and it's a series of four shots in general for most people. And on the other hand, there's something that maybe immunity might wane, but if everyone else around you is vaccinated, um, it really doesn't matter. And that typically is that 
that concept of herd immunity. It really works for polio. And so why do you think we're seeing this come back up now? Well, in Rockland County, only about 50% of kids, school-age kids, have been vaccinated against polio. So if ever there was a place to have this emerge, it's in Rockland County, New York. It's the same place where there was an outbreak of measles um, in 2019, where about 300 people got measles. So it speaks to not having a lot of vaccination in that community. Yeah, can you talk to us about the symptoms of polio? Because, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I had to review it myself. I mean, when was the last time I saw a case of polio, you know? But it kind of follows the same route of a lot of viral infections. So now everyone knows about COVID and we know about monkeypox. So about, you know, maybe a week after or two weeks after getting exposed, uh, most people, like I said, have no symptoms. But about 10% of people might have fatigue, headache, muscle pains, and some stomach symptoms like vomiting and nausea and you know maybe in the next few days about one out of 200 may get weakness um and like what happened in this patient you can end up being paralyzed and there's no cure at that point Uh, and then later on in life even if you have no uh symptoms it can come back and cause something called a post-polio syndrome where you can also get muscle weakness yeah, I mean, polio at the time when it was, you know, in its height, uh, killed a lot of children. And yet it's interesting to see children um, or, or parents of children not wanting them to get the vaccine now and this leading to that. Is that possibly dangerous? Like, you know, how, is the CDC going to get involved? It seems like I'm not sure we can steer this narrative away, you know, or diminish it, because a lot of people, once they think these things, they definitely stand by it. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, in general, as humans, until we are surrounded by something that looks scary, it seems really, really far away and remote and something in picture books. So you see the kids in the iron lungs, they're all in black and white pictures from the 50s. But in 1952, you know, uh, there were 21,000 kids who were paralyzed in the U.S. And and uh, more than 3,000 deaths. So it is like um, something that's not too far away and can come back. And I think you're right. We, we have to really think about not just average vaccination rates, but vaccination rates in all communities. Yeah. And I think during COVID, people got, uh, uh, it was harder to get vaccines for a lot of kids. So that let, you know, slide slided back for about three decades in progress and people were more hesitant because they conflated the COVID vaccine with other vaccines too. So that's all going on. Well, now that we know that most folks have probably gotten vaccinated when they were younger, I mean, how do you check to even make sure that you have been vaccinated? Is that something that can be done? Well, I heard that there was a whole lot of texting of moms to ask them if they were vaccinated. My mama wouldn't remember. She would literally tell me she don't remember. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, I know. And most moms don't remember. But there are a few tricks. I think you could um, ask your school system, ask your pediatrician from childhood, although a lot of people may have lost touch with that person. Uh, There are state registries where you can Google state immunization registry Mm -hmm. and your state uh, might have recorded you. And at the end of the day, um, you could even ask your clinician to do a serology test to see if you have antibodies against polio. 
that can also, you know, make you reassured that you've had the vaccine. Chances are uh, most people would have gotten the vaccine. vaccine rate, vaccination rates in general are above 90%. Um, but in some communities like Rockland, it doesn't really, uh, you know, go up to that average. All right. Really interesting and very important stuff here. That was Dr. Peter Chin Hong, Professor of Medicine and Infectious Disease Specialist at the UCSF School of Medicine. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ryan and Shira. Thanks. So let's talk about vasectomies because they are on the rise, but you won't believe which demographic is getting more vasectomies than others. Mm. Yeah, honey, it's getting younger and younger. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, when you think about vasectomies and who are getting them, you might think about only middle-aged men. Well, apparently that may all be changing as more young people are getting vasectomies. Now, why, you may be asking? Joining us to break this down is uh, Alicia Hari Dasani Gupta, a reporter at the New York Times covering gender. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thank you so much for having me. This is such a wild topic because I never would have in a million years thought about this. Um, I wonder, is this just a trend or do you think this is the beginning of a long-term situation when it comes to what we're seeing? I mean, when we really think about what's been going on when it comes to uh, reproductive rights and Roe v. Wade being overturned, is this actually here to stay? Um, So... To be fair, it's very difficult to 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 determine right now whether this is going to be um, a trend that lasts for months and we are going to see thousands of men getting vasectomies. It's, it's hard to tell. But right now, what it seems like in my conversations with 10 urologists from across the country is that a lot of men, uh, young, child free men um, in after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, decided that a vasectomy was the best option for them. And these, this is not men who, you know, went to bed on Thursday not wanting a vasectomy and then woke up on Friday and wanted one. These are men who um, had been thinking about it for, for a few years. Um, you know, I think we have seen lots of surveys that show that millennials do not want to have kids. They think it's too expensive. I think there's also uh, climate anxiety uh, wrapped into that. So all of this was compounded by the Supreme Court ruling. Um, That's based on my reporting when I spoke to urologists. So we don't know yet if this is just a sort of knee-jerk reaction or if this is going to um, carry through for a few months or even a few years. Uh, Yeah, that's really fascinating. But let's give some context as to the history of vasectomies and where we've been and why it has been in the past, maybe possibly taboo or something that, yeah, I guess wasn't talked about and wasn't as popular as it might be now. Right, of course. So, you know, this there's parts of his, the history that I did not have space to include in the piece. And of course, uh, forced sterilization is a huge part of his, the history for people of color. So there's always been a, a real uh, darkness associated with sterilization procedures. But in more recent history, um, I think the concept of masculinity was one of the reasons that men tended to steer clear of, of getting a vasectomy. You know, this idea that you are masculine if you can get someone pregnant. 
Uh, and I think that that's uh, quite a traditional concept of masculinity. And um, based on the conversations I had with, you know, millennial men and urologists and sociologists, I think that is starting to change. And that's sort of uh, there's a greater acceptance of the procedure these days. Yeah, and I, I thank you for that history because I think it's really important, especially in the moments that we're in now. Um, there's so many conversations around inflation and the big R word, recession. How much is kind of the worries about the economy impacting uh, folks' decision when, when it comes to vasectomies? Right, and you know, a, a big part. Uh, you know, this... Um, so as I mentioned, the Supreme Court decision was, I guess, one factor in the several factors that men were considering before they were getting a vasectomy. And, you know, some of the urologists I spoke to said this seems like a repeat of 2008 when the Great Recession at that point drove an increase in vasectomies. Uh, there, was a, there was a survey in 2014 that found that the higher the unemployment rate, the more vasectomies per month. Uh, you know, so it's it's a really incredible uh, correlation there. And I think it's because not only is it, you, you know, you're kind of worried about keeping your job, but it's also extremely expensive to have a kid these days. Um, you know, some surveys have found that the, the cost of daycare has doubled since the 1990s, if not more than that. And, wow. you know, in some places it can cost more than a mortgage. So if you have student debt and you are looking at another possible economic recession, maybe the math doesn't add up for you and it just makes sense to get a vasectomy. Yeah, it's not just on those who have a uterus, just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us to break this down. It's so interesting. I'm like really shocked by it. And it all started off by a TikTok video. Alicia (laughs) Alicia Hari Desani Gupta, reporter at the New York Times uh, covering gender. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Bye. Well, next up, can dogs be gay? One reporter tries to answer this and we'll share. We are not the reporter. Yes, what he discovered (laughs) next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. I know this question has been on all your minds. Yeah. And it was um, brought up in Queerty, and we thought we'd answer it once and for all. <laughs> Is your dog gay? Can your dog be gay? 
I, you know, I feel like we have these conversations about animals and if, you know, homosexuality exists or homosexual behavior exists in animals and... And it actually does. It actually does in um, a sheep. There was a 2008 study that found that 6% of male sheep will engage in courtship and mating rituals exclusively with other male sheep, with females being present. Uh, Aside from penguins, dolphins, and sheep, other species, species likely to engage in homosexual activities include birds, bats, insects, lizards, monkeys, and fish. What about those dogs? Or... <laughs> Or, as this Queerty article says, gogs. Gay dogs. Gogs. Yeah. Oh, my God. That sounds like something off of Stranger Things. <laughs> um, so, the thing is, you can't really call a dog gay because, according to this article, but this is really about what you perceive, I guess, dogs are not necessarily self-aware. They cannot be gay in an emotional or romantic sense because having gay sex does not equate to being gay, as we know. Uh, plus... I just love how this writer says this dog's experience an entirely different reality. Can we just talk about that this entire author wrote a 17-page article. It's not 17 pages. Yeah, but it's like at least a thousand words about how dogs, are are they gays or not. But then it also then talks about, and this is really what I ask. I mean, I guess you could ask, like, because you do say this, if your dog likes um, a female dog or if they're male and they like a male dog or they're humping, typically it's joked, oh, he's just gay. Oh, he's into the dog, right? Who has... I've heard... Do you, have you heard this? I've never heard Producer Shelby? Joke. Yeah, I, oh, call, okay. I call my dog gay because she is very interested in my neighbor's dog. There you go. So I, I refer to oh. that as her girlfriend. I guess I just don't do that with Coco. Coco's not gay? Coco doesn't hump, does she? No. Yeah. She, she, I don't believe, I don't, you know, Coco. She hasn't gotten enough examples around her I mean, she doesn't really like, she doesn't like anyone messing around that region. Okay. And so I I don't, I think if she was anything, she would probably be asexual. Yes, I was about Mm. to say. Um, well, <laughs> there's a reason why. this. I actually found this part of the article really interesting. Yeah. Why dogs hump everything, because you always wonder. It's not just because they're horny. Okay, because um, I thought that. Yeah, they, it's actually like because it's like of stuff exactly, totally, and their thing is hanging out. Oh, um, <laughs> it's because of playfulness. Bentley used to do that. Yes, your, my your, my dog, your my, old, my your old dog. your ex's dog. <laughs> All right, your ex's All right. dog. So, it, besides playfulness, dominance, they could be in heat. That that's real, right? Um, and and stress, they could be stressed out. They're, Getting it out through humping. You know what? Something that's relatable. Because when I have sex, <laughs> I get all my stress out. So that's actually quite relatable. Uh, dogs just like all of us. <laughs> there you go. Your questions answered right here on Let's Go There. Because we knew you were wondering. Exactly. Okay, now coming up next, more of what's trending and what DeSantis is doing to fix the teacher shortage in Florida. Hint, he's not becoming a teacher, thankfully. I don't think so, right? Or is he? He could be. Oh, no, no. I'm out of here. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Yes, welcome back to the show. And we've got more music right here on Channel Q. You thought that was over? Well, it's not. It's never over. It's never over. Um, <laughs> coming up on the show. Oh, like evil villains. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about Boomerang employees. Shira. Could you be one of them? I think you are. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll tell you more about that. Maybe I'm a boomerang. Fifteen. Is it boomer? Is it boomerang? We'll explain. We can't. What is it called? It. Boomerang. Boomerang, as in boomers. You'll see. 
<laughs> then later on, the importance of being okay with being disliked and why it could be a good life skill. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour right now. <laughs> Military veterans could qualify as public school teachers even without four years of college. A new state law allows some veterans to get teaching jobs for up to five years without completing college. This, of course, is facing some criticism, but here's what Governor DeSantis had to say about this being implemented in Florida. They would be able to get a temporary certificate, be able to teach, and then obviously work to get their bachelor's degree. And it was unanimously passed by the legislature. You know, some in the media just recently started attacking us over this. They said, you can't just put any old warm body in the classroom. And look, as a veteran, I will tell you, like the people that serve our country are not just some warm body. Uh, they're people that have a lot to offer. I don't think that anyone was discrediting or not valuing or respecting veterans. They were saying, you know, if anything, it's a disrespect to teachers and the people who actually do the work to get certified and learn these tools and actually care to be teachers. I do love the idea of giving veterans a chance to get some more education and get a job because there are a lot of unemployed veterans out there. But like, let's be clear about what are the- veteran like veteran. If you're an untrained veteran that is not supposed to like oh, yeah. be teaching, what are you doing? Instead of just being there. Um, what do you mean? Like if they're just looking for veterans to be like there and they're not trained to be a teacher. I would rather them. So here's the thing. I, I don't want that. I don't want my kids around untrained professionals. Exactly. I think that he used it as if we're not respecting veterans, not clearly First of understanding. All, they don't care about them. veterans. The, the Trump, the, the Republicans Let's, don't yes, care exactly. about. They never cared about veterans. Like, so what? What's no? It's just please. the lowest hanging fruit. Maybe. Please. I don't know. Why don't we look at why you're having a teaching shortage and why people aren't wanting to do what they love doing within your system? Yeah, and equipping teachers with guns is not the well, answer. Yeah, maybe, maybe that could be a reason, right? And moving on to the human rights campaign who announced that it is filing a lawsuit on behalf of an eight-year-old uh, trans girl in Tennessee challenging a law that prohibits trans students, faculty, and staff in schools from using the bathrooms or locker rooms in alignment with their gender. The eight-year-old plaintiff referred to as DH in the suit, began her social transition at age six. In the wake of the passage of the school facilities law, she was prevented from using the girls' restrooms and made to use the school's limited number of single-use restrooms, which, according to the suit, were frequently filthy and which outed her to other students and staff who may not have known she was trans. And finally, Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf signed an executive order to ban conversion therapy for minors. The executive order directs state agencies to discourage conversion therapy for people of all ages and to instead promote evidence-based practices for supporting LGBTQ people. The order also directs the Department of Human Services, among other agencies, to ensure that state funds are not being used to provide or reimburse for conversion therapy. So some good news there. We like good news. Mm-hmm, don't we? That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Well, Zoe Kravitz is reflecting on all the backlash she received from her remarks about Will Smith and that Oscar slap. Do you remember it? It's time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So, girl, remember mm. when the internet just collectively was like, we thought we liked you until you had something to say about that Oscars uh, slap that, you know, everyone is really tired of talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I know. Well, um, she's, you know, talking. uh, Basically, she uh, covered... The Wall Street Journal um, magazine, the the fall 2022 women's fashion issue. 
And she addressed some of the online backlash she received for sharing her take on the incident, saying, it's a scary time to have an opinion or to say the wrong thing or to make controversial art or statements or thoughts or anything. It's mostly scary because art is about conversation. That should, in my opinion, always be the point. The internet is the opposite of conversation. The internet is people putting things out and not taking anything out. Um, so... So I I want to remind you all what she said. Yeah, her initially uh, when she in a now since deleted photo of course when she posted her look from the ceremony she said here's a picture of my dress at the show where we are apparently assaulting people on stage now and then she posted another photo saying and here is a picture of my dress at the party after the awards show where we're uh, we are apparently screaming profanities and assaulting people on stage now. Nope. So people were upset by the passive aggressiveness of her post being like girl don't we even ask. And I think a lot of times people felt like it was it was a split divide of are you team Will Smith? Are are celebrities overreacting about this thing? And who's uh, contributing to the conversation? Who's not? And I think people found Zoe's statements to not be contributing to the conversation. And so it's a I'm happy she's talking about it. I mean, the girl, the Internet dragged her down to pieces. Um, she said she was reminded that I'm an artist, and uh, and that being an artist is not about everybody loving you or everyone thinking you're hot. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think that was a, a tough time for a lot of people, and she happened to be one of the first celebrities to talk about it publicly in that way also. Yeah. So, she put herself she, in the line of fire. She did. She said she has very complicated feelings around, and I wish I had handled that differently, and that's okay. There you go. That's your team report. We got more coming up next hour. Okay, so what is uh, Boomerang employees? Could you be one of them and how that could be impacting the workforce? More next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, a 2022 research from a payroll firm found that 43% of people who quit their jobs during the pandemic now admit they were actually better off in their old job. It's also being reported that nearly one in five people who quit during the pandemic have already gone back to the job they left. And they're being called, are ready for it? There's a name for it. Boomerang employees. Get it? Mm, yeah, back. boomerang. Yeah, you bounce right back. Uh, here to talk more about this is our political contributor, but also he happens to be a uh, a coach, a work, not a work coach, what? Career coach. <laughs> Ryan Basham. <laughs> Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Yeah, we're talking about not boomers, but boomerang. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we made that joke earlier. Sorry. Ah, it's okay. Well, it's okay. So glad I could be late to the party. Yeah, yeah. great yeah. minds think alike. Well, <laughs> you know, what do you think about this? It, is it surprising that people are going back to their old jobs? You know, um, I've been moonlighting uh, as a coach for a long time, like years, and I'm telling you, um, uh, this is a part of the cycle. Mm-hmm. When there's a when it's a really competitive uh, job market, people feel like they can, you know, really spread their wings and find better opportunity. Um, and, and they're not wrong. I mean, there are still two open jobs for every job seeker right now. So it's still a really hot job market. But I think people um, tend to under-index the uh, quality of the job they have now and kind of have rose-colored glasses about um, the job that they're going to next. And so one of the things I, I suggest to people is, you know, when you're targeting a company that you want to work for, um, Take the time to connect with people, reach out to people on LinkedIn, 
who already work there and pick their brains about what it's like, because it is totally possible that you'll go to all the effort of changing jobs, interviewing, you know, all these things, and then you'll get there and discover it wasn't what you thought it was. True, but I do think people have valid reasons for wanting to leave. So when they do return back, what do you recommend for them to ask for or to make sure that it's a win-win situation for all? Well, I think, um, yeah, of course, there are absolutely valid reasons to want to leave. Um, And sometimes, you know, you know you're worth more and people doing what you do at other companies are being paid more and you can't get that raise. So you go elsewhere. That's legit. Um, I would say if you're going to go back or if if you're trying to go back to where you were, I think having um, an honest conversation about um, what you were hoping to accomplish by going on to another uh, employer, um, as well as, you know, in a way that's not dissing on the company or your boss before anything like that, come at it from a positive, optimistic, but still honest and realistic conversation about what you were hoping for. Um, but if you do want to go back to your employer, don't forget to mention that, you know, hey, I, I, I had it wrong about how great things already are. I, I do love being here. I do like the people I work with or whatever is true for you. Yeah. But make sure you fold in. But here's what I was hoping for. And, and I would love to see if we can accomplish some version of this if I can come back. Yeah. Do you think people are doing that uh, because usually they say in order to really get the raise you want or level up at your workplace, you need to leave and come back versus thinking you're going to get that promotion? Well, I think that's more a function of people feeling intimidated by the idea of aggressively uh, um, uh, advocating for their worth. You know, a a friend of mine likes to say that you should practice aggressiveness with grace so you can both be aggressive about for your value and be graceful about it such that you're being direct, you're being unambiguous, you're taking a stand, but you're also doing it in a way that's not rude. Um, And I think that's better because there's still, you know, some people, some employers, some HR people still have a bias against rehiring someone that's already left. Um, Now that's changing as time goes on, but still uh, it it would be better to try to get the, the things that you do want first at your current employer exhaust all options before going elsewhere. In fact, you may even get an offer from interviewing elsewhere that you don't want to take, but the money's better or something like that. And you can use that to leverage a better pay at the company you're already with. All right. Some good useful tips. That was Ryan Basham, a career coach and also our political contributor. (laughs) We love you. Thank you. Uh, Love you too. Thanks for having me. We're going to talk about another tool that is probably just as helpful when you think about it. The tool with um, being okay with being disliked. You know, I feel like that's a life skill that you need to have. Find out more up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So you want to know what the number one life hack is? What? Yeah. It's being okay with being disliked. Which is honestly probably the most uncomfortable thing if someone thinks about it and someone feels it. Being disliked is probably the worst. It's also like a Leo's worst nightmare. Let's just put that (laughs) out there. Um, But there was this Medium article that really grabbed our attention, um, uh, you know, kind of talking about what it means to being to be okay with being disliked. And I I wanted to kind of open up the conversation here to, to talk about what are our feelings with being Disliked. Yes. And let's be clear, this wasn't from like a scientific study. It's just a medium article. Yeah, but meaning like, I don't want to say. He's a writer. Yeah, this is just someone who's based on his perception, what he thinks. Uh, however, I must say, I, I will agree. This is definitely a life skill that is important. I think uh, when I think about moments that really, you know, brought me down 
or moments like where I didn't lean into something. It was the fear, I think, a mixture of failure. But wrapped in failure is like this idea of like basically someone's judgment of you. Right. And that connects to the fear of not. Yeah, I guess it's like uh, uh, not being liked. Right. Not being supported. Someone disliking you. It's all connected. Well, what do you how do you define being disliked? Someone just not wanting to be friends with you or thinking you're cool, I guess. It's kind of like very high school, elementary school. Like, they think you're not cool. They think you're a loser. I don't know. Right? Yeah, I feel like my definition of being disliked means they're, like, unless I gave the person a reason, I feel like a lot of... give them a reason? Yeah, right? I think sometimes being disliked can just happen because someone just literally just doesn't like you. Like, it's just y'all's vibes aren't just compatible and there's no reason. And so sometimes I can, I compare being disliked as in like, there there might not actually be a reason unless they either bring it up and I find out what that reason is. There might just not be a reason to know. And so like being disliked means like, yeah, maybe we are just not compatible. Yeah, and guess what? There might be a reason, and there's nothing you can do about it because it's just like that's who you are, and that's who they are, and it's okay to not be into each other. Well, I think there is something you can do about it if they're if they're willing to one talk, communicate about why. Well, they that's if you, you care about the relationship and, like, you know, and you have a date, but like even if you don't care, like you don't have to care about the person just to be a good communicator. You know what I mean? Like you can literally commute communicate with someone why you dislike them and then you can that person on the other receiving end can either be like okay i hear you i'm mm, gonna make sure you have to change it and then we'll thanks, see what happens thanks for the feedback thanks for letting me know and i'll change anything but at least you know so when i look back at for instance when i was younger i was into acting and a big reason why i got turned off by it is because of the audition pro- process it sucks. You hate it finding out and i yeah. hate it wasn't uh i actually got a lot of jobs but it was this idea of going to that room and not knowing what they thought about me yeah. and going through that process that I didn't know myself well enough, have a strong enough, Ugh. you know, a, a sense of self-worth to go through that. And I didn't have anyone to like mentor me but and walk through that process. But also validation is important totally. though. Like I do think being affirmed in and hearing that affirmation is really important. And I do think you can get addicted to it though. Totally. Which is why in many moments uh, I look back, actually this... <laughs> This happened in a in a moment where I might have been on psychedelics. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're admitting that. You know, we're admitting that. Well, it was therapeutic. Okay, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> so where I actually had this thought process where I said, "Oh my God, I wish I just didn't care what people thought," mm-hmm. and I wonder how many things in my life I would have done or would have followed through with if I just didn't care. Yeah. And so when I saw this article, that's the first thought that I had that came up of that moment, that realization I had. And and yet I do feel like you have to honor those feelings. And part of the, those feelings are an instinct, right, um, that tell you also when you should be paying attention to something and not paying attention to something. Right? Well, I it's like, like a, it's, it, it protects you. I feel like I'm constantly worried about like being disliked, like especially entering into new spaces when you're an adult kind of, you know, we've talked about friendships and things like that here. Like, I think that's something that you always wonder when you're first meeting someone or like what your first impression is. First impressions are so important to me um, when it comes to how I'm being perceived and then also how I'm perceiving the other. And I think a lot of times there's such an unknown, like even my mom, ever since my mom said this about me, it's like something that has literally 
stuck with me what? because it's 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 how I didn't realize it, but the fact that I heard, she noticed it from a young age, she always was like, anytime you were starting a new something, mm. you would have so much anxiety about how people would take you, like how the situation would fall out because you were going into the unknown. Like you were, I was kind of like the first day of school. You were always so nervous. Yeah. And that is something that is like, I feel like was just the, the short way of like literally explaining my entire life of how I entered, like enter into situations. You can mask it, mask like you're like faking it or you know what you're doing or like you're entering into a room and you're working the room. But really like you can be a nervous wreck and I think oftentimes that's where I exist in that intersection of being like, oh, I hope I didn't say anything that just like offended mm, someone or I hope I didn't yeah. just enter. And so like for me, that's a constant thing I'm working on. It's a con- Especially in the line of business that we do because your relationships are a part of how you move forward. Your community is a part of how you move forward. And if you don't have that, then it's just kind of like you can be stuck. All right. So the lesson is, I think, in all of one is like self-compassion around it all. Like you could be in spaces where you're like, you're just like, just be compassionate and let go of the idea that you control what people think of you because you can't. So just work on yourself and show up the way you, you get to show up and you can't control uh, what you other people think. You can't control things. Exactly. You can't your, control. It's all about acceptance and be that person. You know those people that enter spaces and you're like, wow, they just have so much beautiful confidence. It's not narcissism, but confidence. Let's all have that because we deserve that. Well, next up, you've heard of love languages, but how does this transfer to the workplace? More next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, we've talked about the love languages before this book by Dr. Gary Chapman, but someone is now bringing it up to approach how we connect with each other at work. Jill Cotton, who's a career trends expert at Glassdoor, said, we need to be applying this to work and create the work love languages. So the question is, what are the five work love languages? Depending on where you work, that can be the word love in there. (laughs) It feels a little uncomfortable. Support languages? I don't know. Yeah, kind of like that. So similar to the love languages, it's basically the same, but without the uh, touch. (laughs) You know, that could get awkward. Okay, so it's words of affirmation, gifts and perks, quality time, and then um, acts of service. And instead of the touch, this person changed it to money. So I guess, which is your love, your work, sorry, work support language or love language? (laughs) However you want to call it. Uh, just call it. I mean, we might as well just stick to these work yes. love languages at this point. Um, Interesting. I, I find, one, I kind of find the love languages as of when it comes to the personal thing. I kind of feel like you can be a little bit of everything. Oh, um, yeah, obviously. And, and so yes. I think... For me, I know I'm not gifts and perks. Like I'm not. To, I'm not doing that. I'm really, most definitely not the one that's bringing in donuts for everyone. Like, well, what's yours? Meaning, what do you like? I know that's why I'm looking. So um, you you don't like getting gifts and perks? No, I'm, I mean, I thought I was trying to figure out who am I. Yeah, meaning, what do you receive? What are your love languages? Oh, I thought it was like what I like to. Am I a words of? I'm a words of affirmation person. But what do you like to receive? Words of affirmation. Okay, there you go. Uh, I like to give words of affirmation. I like to. Yes, I like money and words of affirmation. I money feel too. Like, yeah. yeah, I feel like you know money for me when I say like what I want, and if someone just says yes really easily, I appreciate that. But then of course, if they're not actually like showing up and doing stuff, then you kind of be you're like, great, I'm getting money, but this feels like a, there's no movement. Like, we're not doing anything for this. Like, there needs to be something going on. Like, I need to have a sense of, I guess it's words of affirmation or maybe, like, quality time, like, growth with the company. 
Yeah, but I, I sometimes find people can even uh, uh, misinterpret or like forget. Like when when you're giving compliments, I feel like people take them and it's like in one ear and out the other. But it's like when you're not giving compliments, I think that's when people are really like zoning in on the facts True. that totally. everything is going wrong. When it's like, no, but don't forget there was a sea of compliments or words of affirmation that was there. But you just ignored it because you got really comfortable with it, and you're only honing in on the, well, the negative. That's also probably because that's who they are as a person. They hone in on the negative versus the positive. <laughs> I mean, yeah, typically that's, that's the case. That's true, but what? that happens, and that tend, people tend to forget about like how there needs to be a healthy balance. Oh, to totally. Break, you need a, feedback. A lot of times yeah. for me. I'll try to start with something positive. Like, okay, I really like how you've been doing this. Yeah. Um, like, let's just talk about one thing that I see or a few things that I want to discuss that where I feel like we could have some tweaks or might not be working. Right, right. Right. Because then you like, they're listening to you because they feel like, oh, you get them. There's something that's connected versus just going on the other side of things. What about you, producer Shelby? What are your work love languages? Definitely. Well, I think everyone money is kind of the underlying one because you wouldn't be doing the work unless you're getting money for it. Um, But definitely words of affirmation just because like you want to know you're doing a good job. And I guess gifts and perks kind of goes with that because you are getting rewarded for doing good work, but just with more physical things than verbal things. Um, But I'd never turn down a free breakfast. Not that that's something we see a lot here, but words of affirmation um, for sure. Just like assure me I'm doing a good job this is really good to know i think if you had your team members fill this out it would really help you to understand how to better work with them for sure right so something to think about as you approach your workplace maybe you're a, a boss or maybe you're a team member something to bring in and add to the flow all right coming up next we got what's trending this hour uh a jonas brother is opening up about getting older what he had to share next <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.